When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the podcast that follows the money behind our beautiful game. I'm Kevin Day and I'm joined as ever by Professor Kieran Maguire, the prof, uh, <laughs> expert in... I'm just laughing because he doesn't like that. Uh, I'd love to be called the prof. I'm, I'm my nickname's The Baron. The Baron? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Well, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't gamble, I don't do drugs. And we went on a cricket tour to Amsterdam and I came oh. back and ever since then I've been the Baron. <laughs> and that was 30 years ago. <laughs> oh, well, Baron Kieran Maguire, I like that. Expert in football finances at Liverpool University. Um, it's a Thursday, so this is our non-questions edition of the pod. You know we've got a new system now. Monday we answer all your questions. Uh, Thursday, Kieran gives us his analysis into three of the biggest subjects of the week um, I know he's going to enjoy one of these in particular because it's right up his street because uh, coming up on the pod UEFA have revealed how much each club received for the group stages so Kieran's going to be delighted to tell us who's on top the Macclesfield's points deduction uh, is continuing unfortunately so we'll be dealing with that and the mysterious case of Craig Dawson and the £2 million fee that sounds very Sherlock Holmes does it <laughs> now uh, Champions League Kieran uh, UEFA have, have revealed how much each club got paid at the group stages. I was surprised to learn it, that each club didn't get paid the same amount. So can you explain why and who came out on top? Right. The reason why uh, the money is very strangely allocated is that UEFA have got about four or five pots through which they allocate the money. So the first one is um, they look at your history in UEFA competitions over the course of the last 10 years, and they rank you 1 to 32. Right. So therefore, at the very top of that, I think it's either Barcelona or Real Madrid because they've achieved the most in terms of appearances. So they would get more money for that, and then you've got, uh, you've got English clubs. Have, you know, Liverpool will have picked up extra points from that particular pot for winning the Champions League last season. So, so that's one pot. So it's a way of making sure that the richest clubs in Europe carry on being the richest clubs in Europe, isn't it? Funnily enough, the rich clubs seem very keen to introduce the, the, ten, the ten-year loyalty coefficient, as it is lovingly referred to. Um, so, so that's that's one pot. The second pot is based on your performance in the group games. So you get two points. I think it's two point seven million euros for a win and nine hundred thousand euros for a draw and nothing for a defeat. So the, the logic behind this is this is to discourage clubs once they've 
got through to the next round after four games, sticking out the kids for two games because hey, there's there's millions of euros at stake. Um, so so that's that's uh, pot number two, and pot number three is based on how much your domestic broadcaster has paid for the UEFA rights. So English clubs do very well out of that pot because BT have paid more money than any other um, broadcaster in Europe. Um, and also they've just renewed those rights for a further three years uh, at the same price. Um, so there's still clearly value from BT's perspective of that money. And then I think you've got one final pot, which is based on where you finished domestically in your league the previous season. So in this particular... So if, if we think about what was the Premier League in 2018-19, first Manchester City, they got 40% of this final pot, second Liverpool, 30%, third was Chelsea, was yeah. it Spurs? What's the logic behind that? Why would that affect your UEFA coefficient? Um, they, they simply want to encourage winners. Um, um, is 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 their their viewpoint, and it's it's ex, it's an extra bonus for winning your domestic league, which means that if you're Bayern Munich, then you're pretty much guaranteed extra money for the rich clubs. Has no one ever explained to UEFA that it would be easier and fairer just to divide the money up by thirty two and give everybody the same amount of money? Oh, that has been pointed out, and, and I think that there are there are ongoing warfares within UEFA itself as to um, just how much the the elite should get. Um, but as, as we've discussed on many times on this podcast, the the bigger clubs they 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 rattle their chains and they say, well, if if you don't go along with what we want. We will leave UEFA and we'll go and form our own little gang and play down our end of the street and keep all the money for ourselves. Well, uh, this sounds like a cliche, but a lot of people use it. So essentially, then, we've got a Super League already, haven't we, in all but name? Well, we do, because if you take a look at the 16 clubs who are in the knockout phase of the Champions League, they are all from the big five leagues. It's England, Spain, Italy, Germany and France. And that's the first time that's happened I suspect it's not going to be the last. And when when the new format for the Champions League comes into play in 2024, and it's looking even crazier than normal now, that um, you're going to play. I think you're going to pay. T- you're going to play ten fixtures against uh, different opponents in a 32. Uh, I think it's the 32 club league, and then the top 16 clubs in that league go through to the knockouts. And the net eight of them in position seventeen to twenty four drop down into the Europa League, and then I think numbers twenty five to thirty two will go into the third uh, new Europa competition. It's <sighs> it's just it's just nuts. Um, but the rationale behind that is that the big clubs want to pay or they want to play more fixtures, which are seen across the whole of Europe because those are more lucrative. Yeah, surely more. But doesn't that mean more scope for more meaningless fixtures? Well, I, I think I'm in, I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, how they're going to arrange the the fixtures themselves? Because you're only playing ten clubs out of thirty two. Yes, um, so presumably you won't just be playing the top clubs, though, either, will you? Not until the knockout rounds. Well, see, see, I could, I hated it. I, mean, I could just about see their logic. I didn't agree with it. I hated it when they said, "Remember those days when it used to be a cup competition?" 
We're both old enough. It used to be the European Cup. Used to be a knockout. I could mm. see the logic of the top clubs then saying, "Well, you know, hang on, we we could be knocked out in the first round. That can't happen." But this, I I I get the Champions League, but this that's so complicated. That's ludicrous. It, it's all to do with maximising financial returns for bigger clubs. But uh, do you know what? I think we should just every every week on the pod just you just say that, and that pretty much answers the questions to every. Um, well, how much did English clubs get? Um, well, of the English clubs, um, Liverpool didn't do the best. Um, it was Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, really? Chelsea made sixty-five million um, because I think actually they had the best results. Oh, okay. Um, right. Yeah, Liverpool didn't win all of their games, uh-huh. so Chelsea made sixty-five million. Manchester City sixty-four, Liverpool sixty-two, and Spurs fifty. Now, it's an indication of how inflated I think football finances are. I was expecting those figures to be much bigger. So what sort of proportion of their annual income is that for a club like Tottenham? Is that a huge amount? Well, remember, these are only the, the group games. They've still oh, got all the well, knockout of course, games. Of course, of and course. that's just the prize money. So that won't include the uh, match day revenue from, from selling out the new Spurs ground. So there will be monies to add on to that. Um, Spurs revenue last season, I will estimate, is probably around about the three hundred and fifty to four hundred million rock. Oh, so it's it's yeah, it's it's a good ten percent at least. So Man United, Arsenal missing out, and and potentially but, in seasons to come could be in whatever they call the thing that's not the Europa League, the one beneath the Europa League. How much is that going to affect them? How many seasons can Arsenal, Man United afford not to be in the Champions League? Well, we, we said that the, the four clubs in the, the Champions League were getting between 50 to 60 million. Um, Manchester United got 10 million from the uh, Europa League group games and Arsenal got, they effectively got the same. So, um, you know, f- 50 million difference is uh, is quite sizable. Yeah. Uh, you know, Manchester United, as we know, is, is a sort of a behemoth in terms of the way that it generates commercial and sponsorship income. But even so, that that's a pretty severe hit um, for any club. And the danger is, is that if United don't qualify for the Champions League for two consecutive years, um, I think both Adidas and Chevrolet have clauses in the small print, which say we're going to reduce what we pay you by twenty five percent. Oh, okay, that's a lot of money. And also, there, there will be other knock on effects as well. They'll talk about attracting players is more difficult if you're not in the Champions League and so on. So it is the place to be for. But the, the problem is, there are only four places available, isn't there? So one, two of the big six, by definition, are going to miss out every season. The so called big six, and if you get teams like Leicester who keep upsetting the apple cart, then I suppose that's the reason why we've got these new. Competitions, isn't it? Basically, yeah. even as I was asking the question, I realised what the answer was: maximising the potential. Blah blah blah. Well, from from the sublime to the ridiculous, really, because the Macclesfield situation unfortunately rumbles on. Um, another points deduction. They, they've they've had a points deduction. Um, they are now, I think, three places off the bottom. Of of League Two, and yeah. I appreciate that it might have changed by the time this yeah. this, this podcast goes out. Um, but they also had to cancel another match, which could mean yet a further points deduction if the EFL are going to be consistent with the approach that they've already already taken. Um, and there's also issues, I think, from a practical point of view. Um, they they were due, due to play Plymouth. Yes. Now Plymouth had travelled up yeah. on the Friday. Yeah. 
they were staying overnight because clearly it's just not practical to, to set off at silly o'clock in, in the morning in December to, to go to Macclesfield. So, so they're out of pocket. We don't know where that particular issue stands. Plus the 700-odd Plymouth fans who travelled up there because they've got a massive travelling support. And no one mentions them, but you know, they're out of pocket. Yeah, the Green Army, they, they're, yeah. they're a great, a great bunch. Just remind people who don't know the details of the story, the, the actual reason for the cancellation of the game was ground safety issues. They wouldn't give a, a ground safety certificate for that particular game, would they? But that was as a result of financial problems. That's right. Various people hadn't been paid, yeah. and, and therefore the SAG, the, 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 the advisory group uh, for safety, um, they refused to... They, they said that they, the match could take place in theory, but the maximum capacity of Moss Road would have been zero no, fans. And, yeah, and you can't play games behind closed doors because of some arcane That's right. EFL rules. But uh, I'm not the only person to say this, but surely the people in charge of Macclesfield, knowing how much money they would make out of this one particular fixture, should have bent over backwards to make sure it got played, shouldn't they? Well, the the owner of uh, of Macclesfield, uh, Amar Al Qadi, um, if if you take a look, he he's been involved with the club for the best part of fifteen years, but if you if you follow the the money trail and the issue trail, it's been from one hand to mouth decision to another. Um, he doesn't appear to go to matches himself. He seems to only contact the the people who are running the club on a day to day basis via WhatsApp. Um, yeah, the, the, it's it's just crazy it's so unprofessional um he did say early in december that he was looking to sell the club and uh negotiations were in place but my fear for macclesfield is that potentially this season they're going to suffer the death of a thousand cuts in the form of a variety of points deductions and that's not football democracy it doesn't matter whether it's Macclesfield or Sheffield Wednesday or Birmingham or what we've seen happen to to, to Berry, we could have two clubs effectively be kicked out of the the EFL this season and therefore there'll be no clubs being relegated simply because of financial issues which are all to do with club owners. It's nothing to do with the fans. It's nothing to do with the players or the management. It comes down to individuals who, let us always repeat, have passed the EFL fit and proper owners test. Well, two questions on this. First of all, Macclesfield fans quite rightly are pointing out that their punishment doesn't seem consistent with what happened to Bolton. And it does seem like the EFL... We're not lenient, and but bent over backwards to use that expression again to to help Bolton in a way that they didn't do for Berry and don't seem to be doing for Macclesfield. Is that fair? Um, you, you can see it from both points of view. I mean, Bolton did start off I the season. I, you, uh, you don't know me that well, do you? I've never once I've made my mind up on something. I'm not changing it. <laughs> but Bolton did start off the season um, with a significant points deduction. They also started off the season in administration. And it was the administrators who cancelled the match where Bolton had played on the Ah, Saturday. And they, at the time, they only had youth players because they couldn't actually recruit any players on contracts because they didn't know whether the club was going to be in existence. So um, the argument was that Bolton suffered a suspended points deduction for the cancellation of of, of a match. uh, and that's, that, cancel, that, that suspension will carry over for two years if there's further misdemeanours. Um, whereas, uh, as far as Macclesfield was, is you've broken the rules. You, the players didn't. Players refused to play because they hadn't been paid. Yeah. Um, and therefore, we're giving you a points deduction. This episode of The Price of Football is brought to you by the AI-powered workspace Notion. 
What if you had access to tomorrow's tools today? In Notion, you do. It's the AI-powered workspace where any team can turn ideas into action. My career is sort of a bit like being a butterfly, and I'm always jumping from project to project. So therefore, Notion helps me from summarising meetings notes and automatically generating action items to getting answers to any question in seconds. If you can think it, you can make it. And Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company or a freelance football finance lecturer. You can try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash price of football. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash price of football and start turning ideas into action. That's notion.com slash price of football. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, now, my final question, and again, this doesn't seem to have been mentioned that much. Where does Sol Campbell fit into all this? Because... To an outsider, it seems a similar situation to Terry Venables and Palace the second time we nearly went under because he was demanding unpaid wages, bonuses, etc. And it seems that Sol Campbell is pretty much doing the same thing from Macclesfield, isn't he? Well, uh, by the looks of it, Sol Campbell wasn't paid for a, a, a number of months. Right. I think he was entitled to um, a significant bonus right. uh, because when he took over Macclesfield, they were rooted to the bottom yeah, of League and Two. Kept... Um, and, and the club certainly responded uh, to to his management, um, you know, his, his management skills. So he's he has put in a claim. I think it's for around about two hundred and forty grand, um, which clearly is sizable, uh, sizable sum of money for a club the size of Macclesfield. Um, does he need the money? I don't know his personal circumstances. Um, you know, my view is if you do a job and you agree a fee, you're entitled to be paid for it. I, I do agree with that. But on the other hand, it's not a good look, is it, for Sol Campbell, if you, you seem to be the person responsible. That's how it we've sold, that if Sol Campbell was gracious enough to take a cut in that or, or to ask for nothing at all, he would become even more of a hero to Macclesfield fans than he was. And if he doesn't, and as you say, he's perfectly entitled not to, he will become the villain of the piece very quickly when the real villain is the chap you mentioned who's been in charge for 15 years and has been robbing Peter to pay Paul all along I, I agree with you entirely yeah. um, you know, Sol's, he, he's done the job he has delivered he's entitled to feel peeved because his beef isn't with Macclesfield Town Football Club it's, it is with the owner uh, yeah. um, and, and and by all accounts now HMRC they have uh, a winding up order in respect of the club as well so this is just going to be kick down the, the, the road for, for another month or two and, and it's not going to be the last we hear of Macclesfield and financial troubles until a new owner comes in. 
well, let's hope that happens and let's hope that he passes the fit and proper person's test as well because we know how important that is in the EFL. Um, final question this week, and again, it's, it's a bit of, um, we all like a bit of mystery this time of year, Christmas, New Year, everyone likes a ghost story and a mystery. And <laughs> this, Tell us about the Craig Dawson, Watford to West Brom saga and the missing, in inverted commas, two million quid. Well, um, Craig Dawson um, signed for Watford from West Brom. I don't think it was a particularly big fee. He's, he's played quite well for Watford. And yeah, we, we've discussed before that these days, for many big transfer fees, they are paid in instalments. And, and such was the case with this. So um, £2 million was due to be paid by Watford to West Brom in 2021. So that's... On the face of it, it seems, well, yeah, we're talking peanuts. Yes. Yeah, for, given that Watford generate £130 million a year. So that, that did seem uh, a little bit strange. And then something pinged into my nerdy inbox, which said that um, West Brom have cashed in that £2 million by, by selling it to a bank. So they've, they've effectively they've gone to a bank and said, look, we've got a £2 million IOU from Watford we need the money, and the bank's given them the money, and the bank's going to be charging interest. So they've amortised it, have they? Um, they've discount factored it. Oh, now I thought I was going to really impress you then. <laughs> um, What's amortising it? I thought that's what you explained that to me. I thought that's what that was: cash, cashing in, selling no. it to a bank. Am- amortization is is how the the, the silver tongued accountants deal with transfer fees. Oh, so right. if okay. if uh, Aaron Wambasaka went from Palace to Manchester United on a five year deal yeah. for forty five million pounds, so how do you work that out as a cost? You take forty five, divide that by the life of the contract, so the cost to Manchester United each year works out as nine million a year. Right. Okay. So that's 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 how they deal with it in the account. Right. So they've discount factored this then. Yeah. So yeah. so what they've done is. Um, West Brom had sitting, literally sitting in a drawer, here's an IOU from Watford for two million quid. Now, West Brom's owners are Chinese, and they've said, we're not willing to put more money into the club. Oh, okay. But we are top of the championship. Yeah. So they want to go up, and we need that two million pounds now. So they've gone along to a bank and said, look, Watford, they're going to pay us. Um, will you give us, will you give us the money straight away? But it then turns out that the banks wanted interest on this and Watford are paying the interest to the banks. So it's all getting really confusing over what is not a huge sum of money. I think, well, surely Watford are looking okay. So then I went to look at the Watford accounts and I hadn't really spotted this when they came out. Watford owe the owners about £80 million and they also owe a further £90 million to other clubs for unpaid transfer fees. Do they? Yeah. Dating back how long? Going back, well, this, this will be for, for transfers over the last two to three years. Why is, okay, why has there not been more noise about this then? Because that... um, well, because I've been asleep at the wheel. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I should have spotted it. And, right. But Watford always struck me as a club that finished between 10th yes. and 14th every season, um, and, and there weren't any issues. Where are Watford now? You know, they are, they're, they're not having a good season. If they get relegated, you can see issues arising in that they owe large sums of money to other clubs for outstanding transfers, and they owe a large sum of money to, the, I think it's the Pozzo family um, from Italy, um, who put money into the club as well. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned uh, about the state of their finances because if they, if they can't pay uh, they can't pay West Brom two million quid, that's a red flag to me because 
that's small beer by Premier League standards. I, I, I'm almost regretting the light-hearted way in which I introduced this story now because it's taken a, a darker turn. I mean, I mean, for a start, it's a shame when we're referring to two million quid as peanuts, which, but it is in in general terms, especially in the Premier League. But do other clubs know it? Why are other clubs still selling Watford players if they know that they're not paying? That they haven't paid other clubs because that's ninety million is a is a lot plus eighty million, so that's one hundred and seventy million quid they're struggling to find, and that's what's the parachute payment if they do get relegated? The parachute payment is forty two million pounds in year one, thirty four in year two, and fourteen in year three. So I mean, this is dis- disturbing news for Watford fans, isn't it? It is. I mean. Remember, if, if they do get relegated or if, or if they need to, they can always sell players themselves. So they, they sold Richarlison for £50 million. They've got Delafeo and they've got some other players who are you know, yeah. quite, quite attractive. So that, you know, that's, that's the first thing that tends to happen when a club gets relegated unless they've got the billionaires' owners such as Stoke who, who can effectively just write out blank checks. You, know, you tend to have a fire sale of players when you, when you drop into the championship of your best talent. And... and- in this situation, do the owners of a club, will they be wanting that money paid back if they own the club? I mean, it, I, this is why I find it hard to differentiate because you kind of think, well, surely they're the same. Watford and the owners are the same, aren't they, essentially? But clearly not. They're, t- they're two distinct corporations, yep. essentially. So why would the owners of a club financially endanger the club itself unless they decide they want nothing to, more to do with it, they want to buy another club and they want the money back? Well, I, I don't. I don't think they would get the money back because Watford simply don't have the cash to pay it back to them. I think right, what is more yeah. disturbing is that Watford didn't appear to have as much cash as we all thought when it came to paying for instalments on existing transfer fees, and, and then this strange thing occurred with in respect of Dawson. Well, that's interesting. I suspect we're going to get a lot more questions uh, about this subject. Um, only not this Monday because we're recording it now. <laughs> Unless the listeners are very, very clever, the, the Monday after that we'll be getting a question. So, um, don't forget we do two pods a week now. So today has been our roundup of the week's big stories and analysis. Uh, ending on that, I don't know often get to say this, but we're ending on a genuine bombshell and definitely a story to watch. Um, Monday is our questions day, so get your questions into priceoffootball.com. It's Adaptive Production, and as ever, leave us that review wherever you can. There's more than one of you need to do it, apparently. I'm t- Guy, the producers, I'm taking this too lightheartedly, this appeal. I should up it from appeal to plea. Grovel. Uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not groveling. But we, we're doing well. I don't see why we yeah. should have to ask. Yeah, we're, do, we're, we're doing all right for ourselves. This pod's doing well. I don't see why I should have to beg people for good reviews. We're getting enough of them as it is. As but apparently, all Guy ever says to me, it's the algorithms. And he gives me a look that indicates I shouldn't ask any further questions. So for the sake of guys' algorithms, please leave a good review. Don't. It'd be ironic if I'm pleading for these reviews and we get some really bad reviews. So please leave good reviews. And we'll see you again on Monday. Cheerio. I'm for the